Please listen carefully. And now, live from the Arboretum in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast with two hosts who are frantically trying to figure out the logistics of a unicycle built for two, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. Mikey over here. And today we continue our series called Head of the Class. Head of the Class. This is where we look into the Dungeons and Dragons rule cyclopedia at the old basic second edition D&D rules. And we looked at the classes there. Fighter, mage, thief, cleric, halfling, elf, and dwarf. All the classics. And we decided what fictional characters would we like to be in our party that has one of each of those classes. Yeah. I'm picking up my friends, but they're also good for a party, too. <laughs> so today is dwarfs. Dwarves. Dwarves? Dwarfs. Dwarfs. With an F. Apparently. Is dwarves the, is with the, a V. Nope. Apparently, common acceptance is with an F. And the reason that like V is accepted is all because of Tolkien, and he spelled it wrong in The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, and they said, oh, we'll go with it. That works. He spelled it wrong. He based it off of elves, going E-L-F to E-L-V-E-S. Hmm. And so based on that, he just assumed that it would be dwarves with a V, but it's actually supposed to be with an F. But because Tolkien is sort of the master class, they said, let's yeah, go with is. it. Interesting. Huh. So... There's some information That's for with information for you. Do with it what you will. <laughs> from from the mind of Mikey. Yep. Uh, so I'm the, ready for it. Let's do it. I grew a beard just for this episode. Let's go. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> we, we should go with our parameters because yes. it's easy when you're just sticking to Lord of the Rings and just Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Yep. There's a lot of things like if you listen to our halfling episode, we put some characters in there that are considered dwarfs. I can't, it's hard to say with an F. <laughs> They're considered dwarves, but we thought they were more halflingy. We're kind of going with more of the spirit of what they are. Yep. And in our mind, dwarves are the bearded, gruff, stocky miners, as in yep. not not uh, not young people. Not young people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they 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 mine gold or Mithril, 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 or diamonds or whatever. Yep. And uh, they're known as stone workers and weapon builders and armorers and things like that. It's kind of, we kind of went really almost hard Lord of the Rings. Yeah. When it, at least when considering between dwarves and halflings, dwarves are a little bit more specific. Halflings, you can get a little bit more general with it. So, right. And, Dwarves have been around forever. It's not some unlike the a lot of the stuff that Tolkien invented himself. Dwarves have been in kind of uh, northern European, kind of Germanic, Denmark, those nor those uh, Nordic countries. I yep. guess it's been in their mythology for a really long time. And part of lore and old old stories. Yeah, there's yeah. some really cool ones. And it, they even kind of get mixed up a little bit too with gnomes and dwarves and. What are the what was what am I thinking? No, no, I, I am thinking of gnomes. See, I was mixing up my in my brain. <laughs> I was mixing up the little gnomes that have the pointed hats that go in your garden. Yes, with the D and D gnomes, which are like cousins of dwarves. A little bit, but they're like the smaller cousins, right? Similar to the gnomes of the garden. They're not that little though. In okay, Dungeons and Dragons. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> what about imps or uh, gelflings or yeah, gnomes? things like that? Yeah, well, we're wondering if Rumple still. I can't even say it. We were wondering if Rumpelstiltskin 
Yep. You got to say it right so you can be cursed by him. <laughs> was a dwarf, but he, what did you find out he was? He was an imp. He's an imp. Yeah. I think that has more to do with like demonic powers or darkness. I don't know. Yeah. No beard, just cruelty. So we came up with our list of dwarves. Who wants to start it off? Who wants um, to start their number three? Should we rock, paper, scissors for it? Let's do it. Well, we tied. <laughs> we tied. <laughs> go ahead. You go. Okay. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> so because we tied, I will go by default. But my <laughs> first number three dwarf, I sort of went with the default because when we started thinking of like the class in general, it's like, oh, dwarves. What dwarves do I know? And that would be Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Classic. Yep. Pretty easy. Are you going with Disney's? I am because... Like, the dwarfs are in Snow White, the original tale by Brothers Grimm. And they have no names. Though. They have no names. There mm-hmm. are seven of them, but they don't have no names, no personalities. So mm-hmm. I thought it was weird that I had originally thought that Disney brought them up, like, the whole concept in general. Like, I thought Snow White was the story, and then they, Disney added the dwarf to be like, let's make this for kids. But they were actually a part of it, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. But props to Disney for giving them personalities, because now I get to pick one out of the seven to be on my team. And that one that I'm picking is Grumpy. Oh, Grumpy, the tough dwarf. <laughs> the tough dwarf. Uh, he Not only will he fit in with my Rocky Balboas and my Harry Dresdens, <laughs> we got a sort of ragtag crew going, so he can hang with all them. But Grumpy's the best because he's a leader, like he's a really strong dwarf, you know? He, like, he knows what's right and what's what, but he's sort of cautious. He's sort of... Put things at arm's length when you know Snow White first comes in. He's like, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. A woman coming in and messing up our mining operation. We like mm-hmm. whistling and hanging out. <laughs> so he gets grumpy. Obviously, it's in his name. But he eventually comes around and does what's right. And as soon as Snow White's in trouble, Grumpy jumps into action. So. Right? Yeah, he's the one who wants to go after it. Yep. I, I I love a cantankerous attitude. And if it's a cantankerous attitude, that's also a, a can-do attitude. Then double bonus. That's why Grumpy's my man. It's really interesting with those dwarves because technically Doc is supposed to be the leader. Yep. But I think he's just old and respected. Leader by seniority almost. Yeah. Yep. Very much Cause so. Because I think you're right. I think Grumpy's really the leader yep. of the seven dwarves. And he only really speaks up when he gets super extra grumpy. Yeah, it's interesting. When I was doing research, I noticed that I think that the dwarves with those names, Disney owns those names because anytime anyone else wants those does the Snow White and Seven Dwarves? They uh-huh. have they have different names. Oh, okay. So their character, like the actual personalities, are like copyright or I think so because property of Disney. In other versions of it, there's lots of different names for the dwarves. Oh, that okay, are given that's crazy. I and the only that. time they show up as the sneezy, bashful, all the grumpy Doc, Doc grumpy, happy, sleepy, bashful, sneezy, and dopey. Yeah, the only time they show up that way is in Disney properties. Even that Once Upon a Time show, I believe that's an ABC show. Oh, uh, yep. Which is Disney, and it's they do Snow White, but and they have the they have them. The dwarves are oh. in there, and they have the names. That's crazy. And there's an extra one. There's like a there's an eighth dwarf named Stealthy or Sneaky. <laughs> Sneaky. Was he in the original, and you just never saw him? Was that like <laughs> like was that was that the excuse? A sneaky dwarf. That, that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> But I might, hey, if Sneaky is a dwarf option, I might have to go back and do some uh, correcting because a thief dwarf would be awesome. A thief dwarf, yeah. Which isn't, a, <laughs> isn't allowed in basic Dungeons & Dragons, really, but um, 
So yeah, I'm starting off with Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. That's what I'm starting off with. I'm also starting off with Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Oh, okay. I picked one of the other seven. It's it's such a, a, a big group to pick from. Might as I well know. just snag one of them. I picked <laughs> I picked Sneezy. Yeah. Now the reason why I picked Sneezy, okay, is because in in his description on I found Disney's description of Sneezy, Disneypedia. His sneezes are gale force and can blow away anything and anyone in its path. What? So, to me, that's a, a weapon. He's yeah. We can weaponize this yep. in a Dungeons and Dragons scenario. He basically has a power. That is true. <laughs> he, 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 at least a skill or a, a, a once daily. And he's he's one of the well. They're other than grumpy. They're all pretty nice. Yep. But he's like Dopey's buddy. Yes. They like hang around together. Mm-hmm. And. They don't go real deep into the no. the characters there. So we're kind of picking out kind of context, the clues, taking our context clues oh, for what's for, going yeah. on. So I think that Sneezy is kind of almost Dopey's caretaker in a way. He's the one who... He, he knows how to look out for his right, fellow party members, but like, the sneezing is a power. That's great. I didn't even consider that. And the thing is, it's controllable, too, because <laughs> if, if you stick if you stick your finger under his nose, you can kind of stop it. That's true. He has a protecting force. And then one time they tie his beard up around his <laughs> nose, and that stops it. And none of those things, I think, will actually stop a sneeze, but it works in his case. Yeah. It's a super move. That's great. So my idea is you just keep that beard tied around his nose and then when you get into combat, you just like go after it, Sneezy, and you start just throwing pollen at him and just have him start blasting his gale force sneezes. It's like Cyclops. Just point him in the direction you want him to blast and just clear a path. I can dig it. That's awesome. So that's why I chose Sneezy, because I think you could weaponize him. Okay. That, hey, and like you make a good point, because it is Disney Dwarf, so they are friendly. They are you know animated movie and family friendly, but... They also spend most of their days holding pickaxes, so <laughs> there's got to be another level to that. You don't just use a pickaxe all day just to not do anything with it. <laughs> but I will take us from one group of dwarves to another popular group of dwarves. I'm going to jump into, for my second pick, the dwarves from The Hobbit. Oh, The Hobbit. There's a good group of dwarves, too, there. There's 13 to pick from in this one, so it's kind of hard to narrow them down. But Bilbo and the 13 dwarves. Yes. Dwalin, Balin, Keely, Philly, Dory, Nori, Ori, Owen, Glowin, Biffer, Boffer, Bomber, and Thorin. <laughs> on Dasher, on Dancer. <laughs> if any of those are wrong or sound weird, deal with it. Don't care. That's too many dwarf names for me to work on. So out of those wonderful dwarf names, I picked Dwalin. Why Dwalin? Mainly because he's the bald one. So, hey, <laughs> I, you know, I like to... Picture myself in roles, so I, I, I can imagine myself filling in the role for Dwalin the Dwarf. But I picked Dwalin the Dwarf because of his weapons. He's like the rest of the 13 from The Hobbit, you know, pretty standard dwarf. It's mm-hmm. the dwarf we're talking about. Tolkien made him popular, so no surprises here. He's got the big beard. He's bald, but short, stocky, grumpy, spends all day doing dwarf things. But he got two axes, and he calls them Grasper and Keeper. And according to the actor, those are the names of the axes because the first one grasps your soul and the second one keeps your soul. Oh, it's almost like tattoos on his knuckles. Yeah, that's that's so like hold fast, kind of old sailor mentality, get it done. That's that's definitely Dwalin. He is Thorin, the leader of the dwarfs. He's his sort of second in command. He's a strong lieutenant, so mm-hmm. got that going for him in the fight. 
When you see a flashback of Dwellin in the movies, he's also sporting a mohawk, so points for that. I tried to do a mohawk for one week in high school, wasn't able to pull it <laughs> off. Dwellin, you get props for that. Um, he's the first one to show up to the party, and he's the first one to offer help. And those are little scenes in the movie, because like we were talking about with Snow White and Disney versus the lore, the Hobbit dwarves do have some personality in the Hobbit book, mm-hmm. but it's the movie that really gives them their lore and their story and mm-hmm. makes them look like they're battle-ready because they, in the book they don't do much fighting, but in the movies that's all they do. So, But the little detail for Dwellin that I love is that he's the first one to show up, so always ready for a party. And then as soon as Bilbo starts getting agitated, he's the first one to offer, offer help, sort of calm the situation. So mm-hmm. seems like head dwarf in charge. I can get behind it. That's a good pick. Yep. Out of them. So my second pick... I don't know what we're doing here because our our number three pick was from the same group. My second pick's from the same group. Yep. We didn't even talk about this ahead of time. That's crazy. So I picked Gloin. Hey. Son of Groin. Uh-oh. Who, who is one of the companions of Bilbo. Keep it friendly. This is a family podcast. Just oh, kidding. I know. It's funny. It's a really funny name. That's great. I don't know if you're supposed to call it. Gl- it has an umlauts over the O, so maybe it's uh, Gron? Gloin and Groin. That works for Gron, me. Groin. Gron. Gron. Close I enough. Know. I like saying Gloin Groin yep. and his brother Oin. Way better. <laughs> so they were, he was part of the companions and his brother there was Oin. I believe he's cousins of your number two pick. Dwalin. Yeah. Yep. He's a cousin to Dwalin. There you go. And Dwalin's brother was there too, right? Dwalin is the brother of Balin. <laughs> it's a family affair. Yeah. You got to keep up though. <laughs> so the neat thing about Gloin trivia is he's Gimli's father. Oh, Gimli. The classic. Now, Gimli is the classic. Usually a lot of people when they are thinking a, a D&D dwarf, they're yep. thinking Gimli. Mm-hmm. So I kind of picked OG Gimli, his dad. There you go. That's awesome. Because they made a point in the movies that's never said in the books because the, <laughs> there's not this level of detail in the books, but yep. they made a point in the movie that Gloin and Gimli have the same helm, helmet, and same axe. Ah. So he passed them down to his son to use when they were going on the fellowship. And so that's the that's the axe that Gimli offers when he says, and my axe, that's yeah. the axe he's talking yeah. about? That's great. That's his dad's axe. Very cool. So, and Gloin was there at the Council of Elrond. He's oh. one of the dwarves in the group of dwarves. Oh, nice. So... Didn't even pick up on that detail. Yeah, he's there. So he's kind of the, a lot of it has to do with just legacy stuff in a way. <laughs> yep. Like we said, most of the, the, the they're semi-interchangeable, but there's fun things about Gloin in the books and stuff. He and his, his brother is, is half deaf. Okay. So he's kind of caretakes uh, for him. And, oh, he's and the one that has the ear horn that <laughs> holds up the, mm-hmm. Okay. I can relate to that character. <laughs> and he's uh, he's protective of his brother, but they still get into arguments, which is always <laughs> is super fun. Yep. And the for some reason he's the one who makes all the fires in the book. There you go. <laughs> so super handy when <laughs> in a party. Fits in with your love of fire that you had in your wizard I, and stuff. <laughs> the thing the thing that kind of knocks him down, I think he might be a little racist. <laughs> because who does he get grumpy about? The Hobbits. Oh, that's right. He calls them simpletons. Yep. And it's actually his kind of cutting remarks on Bilbo that makes Bilbo want to go on the quest. Oh. 
What if it's super smart, just like dwarven reverse psychology? That's the thing. What <laughs> What if it is? What if he? At one point, he says he looks more a grocer than a burglar. Oh, he doesn't look like he could do it. Yeah, yeah, that's it awesome. Is. So it does. It, yeah, it's hard to interpret what was meant by it. So you can interpret to either one. He just can't stand. Yep, halflings. I got you. Or he's going reverse psychology. He's going reverse psychology because he knows they need this guy to get in there for my money it's almost kind of funnier if he's just racist for a good cause like doesn't have an ulterior purpose he's just like ah stupid hobbits like oh look it worked out so he's super opinionated it's very much it's very interesting because he and Gimli are chip off the old block oh yeah for sure they're very similar they're real opinionated they're not afraid to tell you what's what but they're strong they're brave they're loyal and the neat thing about Gloin is over Gimli mm-hmm. is he fought in way more battles than his son did. Oh, okay, because he fought in the final battle with the orcs. Yep, uh, and he uh, he fought. He was in the battle of the five armies. And he all fought that in stuff. the battle of the five armies, and it's never said, but some people like to think he fought in the the final final battle. Oh, okay, as well. I got you, but it's never it's never stated. Only the Cimmerillion nerds would know that one, maybe. So, no, it's actually, I, I tried to find it. He's oh, okay. past the Council of Elrond. He's never mentioned it again, except for in the back when it has his death date, which is way after everything happened. So, maybe he became stealthy, the dwarf and the eighth dwarf in Snow White. <laughs> Extra career. So, that's that my number two pick, Gloin, son of Groin. That's great, man. And a nod to Gimli, who is the classic. He was one of the considerations for my list because he's essentially grumpy with armor and an axe. <laughs> but I, I went with grumpy instead. But shout out to Gimli for bringing peace between dwarves and elves and li- yeah. living up to the dwarf name and letting, making sure that nobody, that everybody knows you, nobody tosses a dwarf. <laughs> Key advice. Thanks from the classic. Well, it looks like we're at our top spots. We are at our top spot. For our short warriors. And I'm going to go back to books on my last one. And it, it it's another one tying in with Liza Locke Lamore. Maybe a lot of people aren't too familiar with it, but he's one of my favorites. And my dwarf for top pick is a guy, a dwarf, sorry, named Limbeck Bolt Tightener. Oh, Bolt Tightener. Yep. Oh, that is a dwarf last name. Yep. If but, I ever heard one. Yeah, yeah. Like they always have to have the applicable job or life associated mm-hmm. name, like Oak and Shield or something. Yeah. So Limbeck Bolt Tightener is my first pick for a dwarf. Um, he is a dwarf, but in the book that he comes from, which is The Deathgate Cycle by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, they actually called him Gegs. Same thing. They live underground, they live in sort of disastrous conditions. Mm-hmm. But they call them gags. They're short-statured, have beards. They have a natural sense of direction. He doesn't do mining, like we were talking about with the dwarves before. But instead of mining, he's responsible for machinery, and it's a little bit more yeah, steampunk. That's a that's a dwarf. Because, well, in order to understand it, I'm going to have to break down this, this world and this story a little bit, so I'm going to get into it. But the Deathgate cycle deals with uh, a far future Earth that's been sundered into four elemental worlds. You have the mm-hmm. world of air and water and fire and rock. The gags are on the world of air, which seems weird because why are dwarves in the air? But what the world of air is, is it's these floating Earth balls. They're all connected by this great machine. And the gags are slaves that are trapped on the bottom world at the very base. They're like under all the other floating islands. So they're always in the shade. They're always in the dark. 
It's constant storms. They call it the maelstrom. It's just rain and lightning all the time because that's what powers this machine. And then the machine provides water to all the worlds above it. But it's slavery, it's oppression, and Limbeck is in the middle of it as this idealist who is the first to realize that something is wrong. He's the first to say, hey, something's screwy here and I wonder what it is. And for being a little inconsequential person, he affects great change and basically starts to a societal revolt among his people and takes charge. So Limbeck mm. Boltheimer is a, a revolutionary. A, a revolutionary. And it, it, he's kind of he's like I said, he's idealist. He's always got his head in the clouds. He's always asking why. But he's still he's like a nerd. He writes speeches, he wears spectacles, you know, he's always like just trying to keep thing keep the system going until one day he's like, something's wrong and it's up to me to fix it. And so one of the cases of a little person has big change. So thumbs up to Limbeck Bolt Tightener. You're gonna make me have to read this book series. Oh, it's great. There's there's God races in there. Um Margaret Ruiz and Tracy Hickman, you may know those names from Dragonlance. Those are, oh, yeah. Those are books that came up around the same time as original Dungeons and Dragons and mm-hmm, stuff, sort mm-hmm. of helping create that lore, taking the things that Tolkien did with the classes that we're talking about today and sort of branching those out a little bit. Yeah. Deathgate Cycle does the same thing, and it takes those concepts a little bit farther, so it's not mm-hmm. like four people in a party go on a quest. It's more like a group of people travel to worlds and sort of bring humanity together. So an excellent read, The Deathgate Cycle. Not only for Limbeck Bolt Tightener. <laughs> Sounds great. Yup. So my number one pick. Lay it on me. Is an Overwatch. Uh-oh. I'm an Overwatch. <laughs> Yay, Overwatch. I picked a Torbjorn Lindholm. What a name. That's crazy. Now, Torbjorn Lindholm, there's some debate on the interwebs. Okay. As whether, there always is. Whether he's a dwarf or not. Okay, okay. I, I, I'll I'll be so, the uh, the unknowledgeable judge on this whole situation. <laughs> so, he's short of stature. Yep, has Check. a has a big beard. Check. He invents all kinds of weapons. Check. And armor. Check. His name is Torbjorn. <laughs> Double check. And he looks just like a Warcraft dwarf from oh. Blizzard's Warcraft. Oh, okay. Because Blizzard makes Overwatch too. Yep. He looks just like one. Hey, and World of Warcraft, that's that's good old classic dwarf, so that makes sense. That's good lineage. So he's a sci-fi dwarf. Now, it's interesting, one of the things that I found while looking... So Overwatch is really interesting to me. Are you familiar with Overwatch? I am not, so... So Overwatch is a uh, multiplayer first-person shooter mm-hmm. where you're basically having battle royales. Yep. And it's been around for quite a while. It's quite popular. And the interesting thing about it is, it's to me it very remi- reminds me very much of those like Street Fighter type games where there's a whole bunch of characters that yep. you get to pick from. Okay, so there's a big roster. Yeah, okay. there's a big roster of characters, and when when you're playing the game, it's much like a Street Fighter where you're just kind of like, I like how that one looks, and you play it, and you're like, oh, I kind of like that how that one plays, I got and you. then you kind of pick your one just like in. Uh, Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, things like that. But the interesting thing that Blizzard has done mm-hmm. with the Overwatch stuff, which aids in its popularity, is they have comics. Oh, there you go. And, like, videos they put on their website. and Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit familiar with Overwatch because of the videos that you're talking about. Because, I right. guess, every time a new character comes out, they do sort of an announcement. So I've seen that. Right, so they have a lot of backstory and lore it's e- that yeah. you can dig into if you want to go find it. I can see that. But you don't even have to go find it, but... 
it's kind of really interesting to me how rich and deep the lore is okay. for every single one of these characters. Yeah, because each of the players, like, it is a, you say it's a battle thing, but each player is is unique. They have their own power or superpower right. or capabilities. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, you'd think it, it would be a lot like when you said you picked the cleric from the video game and it was like, it's just the cleric. <laughs> and at first I thought that picking him was going to be a lot like that, where I'd just be like going like, well, he looks like a Warcraft dwarf. There you go. And he has a rivet gun that shoots rivets. That's awesome. And he can build a turret that's automated. That's that, awesome. That can fight. And he's got a robot arm and a robot eye. And then <laughs> he says, like, build them up, break them down. He has all these little quotes he says. The end. That That's sounds- what I thought it would be, and I think he's up. But no, I started looking into it. He has a rich and detailed backstory, and this whole world of Overwatch has a rich and detailed backstory. It is... I had no idea. Nutty to me. <laughs> it's neat. It's super neat. Yeah, because, I mean, especially considering it's it's not really a game that lends itself that the story... Like, the narrative No, is- there's no story mode or anything. It's, yeah, just, so- it's just like deathmatch type stuff, basically. Well... You said it's Blizzard that does Overwatch? Yeah. Props to you, Blizzard, for going the extra mile and building this world rather than just saying, this guy shoots stuff. So the basics of, and it's real interesting. I was reading online. I keep saying real interesting. It is, though. Give me a break. It is. I keep, I was reading online that there's some people who have a theory that this world is actually the World of Warcraft world, but in the future. Oh, okay. So, like, they in a way made the tournament world kind of out of the ashes of old world? Something, I guess. It's real interesting. Okay. So, they had this thing called the Omnicrisis. So, basically, it's a futuristic world yep. where they made AIs, and they made a AI factory that would make the AIs, okay. like robots. Self-sustaining. Makes sense. And then, of course, as all good things do, they turn against the humans. <laughs> Got to have a conflict, yep. So Overwatch was basically created to handle this crisis. Oh, okay. So some of the characters are some of the characters in Overwatch are the original Overwatch team, whereas some of them are the villains and some of them are a terrorist group. There's all kinds uh, of stuff. They're all sort of tangentially yeah. related. Okay. So we don't need to get into the whole thing. This isn't <laughs> an overall. We're just talking about Torbjorn over here. So Torbjorn's one of the original guys in Overwatch. Mm-hmm. And he basically feels very responsible because a lot of the things that turned on people were his design. He's the genius inventor of weapons. Yeah, and you were armor saying that, that he was building stuff. And, okay, and, and so and he, he's like part, he's responsible for it. That's crazy. Yeah, so in some ways, responsible for it. So he's kind of made it his mission in a lot of ways. And he, because of it, he has he doesn't like any AIs, even though some of them are considered good now. Yep. And so, but so he has that classic dwarf prejudice, just like we said. The dwarf prejudice <laughs> yeah. thing is real. It is real. They're not supposed to like elves nope. and all that kind of. That <laughs> is one of the dwarf traits. Is very is that xenophobia? Afraid yeah, yeah. of outsiders? Where I you just so. you're, you're yeah, clan based and yeah. okay. So he he doesn't he doesn't want to put up with the AIs that much. So it's kind of this smart man. It's more dwarf. Yeah, he's one of the ones who warned people about it before <laughs> it even happened. He's like, this could go south, and it went south, and he's kind of, I told you so. There you go. So now he's fighting it. It's really neat because there's another character called Reinhardt, which is like he's like this big knight-looking, he wears knight rhino yep, armor, yep. Okay. and he's from Germany, and he's like Torbjorn's best friend because when Torbjorn lost his arm and his eye, Reinhardt saved him. Oh, nice. So the armor he has that Reinhardt has now is Torbjorn built it. 
And then they because introduced... Because the dwarf has to pay back his debts and do something cool. Right. I can dig it. And yeah. they introduced uh, another uh, character named Brigitte, which is his, which is Torbjorn's daughter. Yep. Who Reinhardt actually named because Reinhardt's kind of his god, her godfather. Oh, nice. You know, this like, there's all this stuff that goes I, on, dude. I had no idea there was this much lore to Overwatch. There's That's great. So much lore to Overwatch, <laughs> but the it's just he's so cool. I mean, he's got a robot arm. Yeah, he's got a robot eye. He's, he's got, got this cool steampunk backpack thing. A gun that shoots rivets. Yeah, a gun that shoots rivets, and it's really I play him. The reason why I picked him is because I play him in Overwatch. Go. He's super fun. So the rivet gun can do one rivet long shot. Nice. Or it can do shotgun up close where it shoots a whole bunch of slag out. That's fun. So that's super fun. (laughs) And those rivets, you can arc them, which is cool. I found out they can arc the things. There you go. It's kind of, that's super fun to do that. And then, of course, you you build the little turret, and the turret pops up, and it shoots at people, and you can kind of leave it there. And you have a hammer, and you can fix you can fix the <laughs> turret as it takes damage because you're a dwarf, and that's your business. Right. Yep. And you can also hit people with the hammer if you, you want to. But right. I because you're a dwarf, and that's your business. <laughs> and then all of the Overwatch characters have basically a um, a supercharged, super powered attack. That it's one of those things that as you play, like fills up the percentage to one hundred percent, and then I got you can you. use it. And his is called Molten Core. Oh, nice. That sounds fun. And basically out of his arm, robot arm, he like just shoots out molten metal like nice. all over the place. It's an aerial denial thing. You can like spread it around. There you go. And it's so neat because when he, every time they do their, any of the characters do their special, they say something. Okay. And he goes, Molten Core. <laughs> so... That is wonderful. The animation, I don't know where this, I guess it's coming from his backpack. All this molten metal comes from his backpack. Because when you you, um, reload his rivet gun, he like puts his, he opens up his robot hand and the molten metal comes out and pours into his rivet gun. (laughs) Super awesome. Hey, he's self-sustaining. And from your description of him, he's self-sustaining and you have firsthand experience of what it's like, how he's going to act in your party because you essentially see all his moves and everything. That's wonderful. So that that that's why I picked him as the number one. He's a, he's a family man. He loves his wife. He loves his kids. He's a real good friend. He's loyal. He'll, he if you do something for him, yep. And the neat thing too is, is I found in one of the comics there's a other character called Bastion. Okay, and he is a robot, and he's one of the robots that is a combat robot that was part of the uprising. Oh, like you were talking about earlier, I right? Got you. And they're they're considered all evil and all bad. And Torbjorn actually help design these things. Oh, okay. So, yeah, these are the robots that he made. Right. So there's a comic where there's one of them that he goes to find mm-hmm. that was, like, hiding in the woods, and it's this playable character. He's actually a good one who, the like, the robot's AI isn't evil. Oh, it's good. That's fun. And he, like, has a, has a little bird on his shoulder. <laughs> he has a little bird on his finger. Oh, okay. And he's a lot, a lot like the Laputin robot from the Studio Ghibli Castle in the Sky. Castle in the That's Sky, what, yeah. Because he have like fly, like a flower. He's like a nice robot. Nice, yeah. supposed to be a scary robot, but nice type it's, thing. It's the little detail that lets you know they're okay. So yeah, so he actually softens a bit in the comic. He doesn't doesn't kill. He actually protects the Bastion. Oh, okay. And then takes him with him and fixes him up. So that that's super cool. It sounds like all this backstory on Torbjorn is like he's a badass character, but they give him sort of good morals and good sort of a world to yeah. live in. I don't know. He's kind of he has the gruff dwarfiness, but yeah. he has that kind of heart of gold yep. in a way. Yeah. So that's my number one pick, Torbjorn <laughs> from 
from Overwatch. Hey, that's a that's a great dwarf name. Just dwarf names in general, I think, are the best. They sound the neatest. We were talking about hobbit names last time, so those are those are both great. So, do I smell the pizza? I think the pizza is here. Did we get little dwarf pizzas this time? <laughs> we got personal dwarf pizzas. Personal personal pan pizzas. Yep. They're really mad about other pizzas. Though. <laughs> I think your I think your pizza is getting grumpy at my pizza. <laughs> No, because they're both they're both same kind of pizza. Oh, that's true. They get along. <laughs> they're getting grumpy at the salads I got <laughs> on the other side of the counter. So, we want to thank everybody for listening yeah. to the Assuming Positions podcast. We love your feedback and input on Facebook. We're getting people coming on there and telling us what they want their members of their party to be. We love it. It means a lot. It it does mean a lot. Uh, so, like and share if you like the podcast. Share it. Tell your friends. Uh, we really do appreciate it. You can find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at AssumingPod. If you want to send us an email or a Gmail, technically, you can hit us at AssumingPositions at gmail.com. We want to thank Jazzar for our music. We want to thank that guy for doing our announcements. And we want to thank you for listening. See you guys later. Walton No! <laughs>